Looks like some kind of insect. It's a bee. Bee? A bee? Slow down now. What plane and what's dangerous? Bees, Scotty. Killer bees. Do you have any idea what those bees can do? This is not a Wu-Tang podcast. No, this is a podcast where we discuss B-movie and genre icons. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Tori Potenza. We can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at gmail.com. And we're part of the Movie John Podcast Network over on moviejohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. Our artwork is by Alex Schneider, and our music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. And today, we're talking about Daria Nicolotti. Yay! Do you know if that's how we pronounce her name? I actually did not. We I stupidly didn't think to look this up beforehand. I, I believe it is. It's Nicolotti? <laughs> yeah. Right, very good. Uh, super excited to talk about Daria Nicolotti, a favorite Italian actress of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, famous for her work with Dario Argento and some other people. Yes. But uh, first, we like to talk about stuff that we've been watching. Yeah, which, like, what have we been watching? Well, I can really quick report that I just watched No Sudden Move Before You Got Home, which is Steven Soderbergh's new movie. Mm. The reason I'm bringing it up here is Bill Duke, a former killer bee, is in the movie. Uh, Bill Duke has a relatively minor role in the movie, but um, he is good in it, as always. He does play his classic whispering character in No Sudden Move. Sounds um, right. He, he whispers quite a bit. Um, and he's good. I honestly, I wish I liked this movie. I was pretty disappointed by this movie. I actually just saw that you gave it like three stars on Letterboxd. And I was like, oh, so you didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty disappointed. It's fine. I think people will generally probably like it. Yeah. But uh, I didn't think it was great. But Bill Duke was good. Bill Duke was good. And that's all that matters. Sure. <laughs> Um, we also watched, which uh, I feel like is in line with the uh, episode today, but we watched uh, Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key from yes. uh, Sergio Martino. That's which, right. Martino made that. I yes. Forgot. We had not seen before, but um, who, this woman who I'd also like to do with the podcast, Edwig Fennick. I feel Hed- like. Is it Hedwig? It's Edwig? Edwig Fennick. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, that one I will look up if okay, we do her. Yeah. Uh, but she's in a lot of Martina movies, and uh, I think she's really striking and good. But like, she particularly plays like a very fun kind of insidious character in this one, and I really, really dug this movie. Um, and her in particular, but I, I liked this a lot. Yeah, I honestly, I actually didn't realize how many of her movies that we have watched until we were watching this one, and I was like, oh, I recognize that woman. And then you're like, yeah, we've watched like four of her movies. Yep. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, she was really good in this. And this movie was fucking weird. Yeah, I it was so weird. Everyone's like really terrible, but I loved it. Yes, yes. It's one of those movies where there are like no redeemable characters, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, but I, I'm with you. It was like, I had such a good time watching it. I think the thing is, maybe because of the title of this movie, mm. this feels like one of kind of the go-to examples of like Giallo. Like when I first yeah. heard about Giallo, I feel like crazy titles (laughs) well and i feel like this one in particular yeah is like one of the movies that everybody was like oh you need to see 
your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. You yes. know, it's got the crazy title. It's got the black gloves. It's got the blah, blah, blah. It, mm-hmm. It's like, and it is fucking weird to me that this is the movie most people are like, you want to see a giallo? See that one. Yeah, because it's also a movie where like the giallo aspects of it are kind of figured out mid-movie, and then it's kind of like another thing. Yeah, there's like a lot going on in this movie. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I do get, I think why people, write, I, I just, it struck me as odd that this is kind of like yeah. one of the go-to examples of it. Yeah. Um, even though I did really like it. Yeah, it was really good. It was like very entertaining but yeah. in such a weird, distinct yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, that and, like, the corruption of Chris Miller were two that I was like, oh, I, like, really dig what this, just the character drama is really good in particular in these movies. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I guess the only other big one to talk about is F9 The Fast Saga. Yeah, which, which that is on. what that movie is called, apparently. I, I think, I don't, I actually don't know because I genuinely, I don't think there was an on-screen title for this movie. No. There I wasn't. Think it just started. It just yeah. Which is like a weird trend in movies lately to never actually have the title appear on screen. Yeah. Um, I mean, we all know what we're here to see. Unless I guess it is confusing if you like accidentally go into the wrong theater. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you're like, what movie am I, I watching? I don't think you could mistake this movie for like something other than a Fast and Furious movie. Probably not. Yeah. I feel like that's um, accurate. I really enjoyed F9. <gasps> you too. and I are big fans of this franchise. And it was my first like proper uh like Fast and Furious movie in theaters, right? Because yeah. we did go see Hobbs and Shaw, but, but I know you're count. sort of discounting that. Yeah, yes. it wasn't. It wasn't the family, right? Right. And yes. this was the family in yeah. front of me on the big. Screen. And how fun is it to once you're like in quote unquote, yeah. like once you're in the family? Yeah. When you then see it on the big screen and Dominic Toretto mentions family, you get to like giggle really loud with everybody yeah. else. Oh, like... I laughed so much in this movie because I was like really so delighted yeah. with so many things about it. I it's mean, so dumb and ridiculous, oh yeah. but I loved it. It was like very dense with what I feel like a lot of people are calling fan service, but I feel yeah. like in this series in particular, it's not fan service as much as just like, this is a big continuity that they are constantly toying yeah. and playing with. Mm-hmm. And they went dense on that continuity stuff yeah. in this movie, and it was fucking funny and weird. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It was so funny. I had a really good time. I, it's like somewhere in the middle of the pack for me as far as like if I'm ranking all 10 of these movies. like It's somewhere in the middle of the pack for me, but I did have a great time yeah. watching it on the big screen. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, pretty fun. Yeah. Very fun. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, I think that pretty much covers what we've been doing. Yes, I agree. Uh, so why don't we get into Daria? 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 Yeah, so so Daria is someone who I, I like quite a bit, and I've seen like tons of her movies, but I feel like she's not always a person that I necessarily like think about uh, because she is so tied to uh, Daria Argento, who mm-hmm. was her partner for, and maybe they were married. It's like very unclear if they were actually ever properly married, but they were together for some time, and their daughter is Asia Argento. Um, yes. So yeah, Um she uh, only has 38 acting credits, um, and she also has six writing credits, which I'm excited to talk about those. Yeah. Um, so in uh, she was born June 19th, 1950 in Florence, Florence Tuscany, Italy. Uh, she's the of, daughter of Fulvio Nicolati, a lawyer, and Fulvia Casella, a scholar of ancient languages. Wow, her dad's name is Fulvio. Her mom's name is Fulvia. I know, I was just looking at that like, whoa. Uh, her maternal grandfather was Alfredo Casiello from Turin, who was a famous Italian composer, pianist, and conductor. Her mother, her maternal grandmother, uh, Yvonne, was a 
pianist with a Jew who was a Jewish immigrant from Paris, France. Um, and she learned a great deal from her grandmother who practiced white magic and had a strong, intuitive, almost psychic sense. Oh man. I love that. These are the stories that she tells about her ancestors. Yes. And stuff. It's She's, so fun. It's all it makes so in magic much sense. and fantasy. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, and then, yeah, she was the long-term partner of Dario Argento. Um, she uh, she says that she was intrigued by the film The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, in which the former film critic Dario Argento made his directorial debut. She vowed to meet him. Apparently, the young filmmaker was quite an impact on her, which is interesting. That is interesting. I actually, this is funny. This is how I'm finding out that Argento started as a critic and then moved into yeah. directing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is a thing we, we learned about him when we were watching some of the movies uh, for her and uh, another filmmaker that they're, like, from a long line line of filmmakers uh, right, which is yes. also interesting yeah um so yeah her daughter is asia argento who is also an actress um and she is very very she was very close personal friends with mario bava so another yeah another italian filmmaker yes. who made a bunch of famous like italian yeah. horror films yeah yeah um during her relationship with sculptor Mario Serioli um, from 1971 to 1974, they had a daughter named Anna. Um, Anna died in an accident in 1994, and oh. Daria's other daughter, Asia, named her daughter Anna Lou in her memory. Oh, that's really cute and sweet. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Daria studied um, at the National Academy of Dramatic Art in Rome and began on stage before uh, acting on screen. Okay. Um, so... Her film career started in the 1970s, and she actually did a fair amount of TV. She had recurring roles in Nicotera, uh, Retrato de Donna Velatala, <laughs> and uh, Saturnio Farandola. I really like listening to you try and pronounce this Italian stuff because I feel like you're throwing a lot of eyes into words that don't have that. You're like, it's very funny. Get out of here. It's very funny. Hey, get out of here. I am partially Italian, so. Um, and then her first film was in 1970, uh, which was called Many Wars Ago, uh, about a, um Italian-Australian front during World War One and a disastrous Italian attack upon the Austri Austrian positions, um, which led to a mutiny among the Italian troops. Huh. In 1972, she was in Salome, a psychedelic retelling of the biblical story. What? Uh, Salome is the daughter of the second wife of King Herod. Uh, the king is infatuated with her, and after she fails to seduce the prophet John the Baptist, she dances for the king in order to ask for his execution. And the story is told in a bizarre way of fast cuts, repetitive dialogue, and extreme satire. Um, and apparently it's an adaptation of an Oscar Wilde play, which Honestly, is based on this. I'd like to see seek this out this it, sounds kind of cool it had like a really interesting poster and some interesting stills and stuff i mean like in general i don't really care about like biblical stories but like it, the fact that it's oscar wilde and then this like weird italian like psychedelic version of it sounds so interesting i have a fascination with biblical stories so then put all that other stuff that you just mentioned which yeah. i also love on top of it and i i would really like to see this um, and then in 1975 she first works with dario argento in deep red which oh, we have seen one 
Oh, did I? Yeah, 1973. Property is no longer a theft. Oh, yes. <laughs> Property is no longer a theft. Um, a bank cashier who's allergic to banknotes quits his job <laughs> after an armed robbery. He decides to start a new life as a thief and starts by targeting a popular former client, a butcher. Uh, but being a neurotic Marxist has its down drawbacks. <laughs> wow. Okay. I was like, there's so many things happening here. Yeah, that is like three different movies smashed into one description. Sounds very Italian. Yeah. Um, but yes, and then in 1975 she was in the film uh deep red uh which i had seen a couple times just like on my own and then we actually had this really awesome opportunity like before the world shut down mm -hmm. uh to see a uh, goblin play uh in while deep red was like being uh shown to us yes i i believe for nerds listening it's important to note that we saw what is called claudio simonetti's goblin okay. playing yeah. the live score to deep red yes. i there's like some weird history with like goblin splitting in two different directions and yeah for some reason it's important to note that it was claudio simonetti's uh, yes. uh goblin and yeah they performed the score to this live in mm -hmm. front of the movie which i had never seen a performance like that before. I know some. I know this happens occasionally. There are like yeah. certain groups that do this, or but I and had they never... do it like there's like the orchestras that do like right. Lord of the Rings, right. like and they play the music in yeah. front of you and stuff. I yeah. had never seen anything like this before, where they screened the movie, yeah, and they just screened the movie. I think with all of its audio mostly intact, yeah, except it sounded like they were able to get the audio without their own music in it. Mm. All because uh, so a lot of one of the weird things about Argento movies. Um, is that they? A lot of them have scores by this band Goblin, who, mm -hmm. who are like a I don't even know what you would describe them, but like a psychedelic, almost metal band kind yeah. of. Um, and uh, they score a lot of Argento's movies, but that's the thing is they don't even score them. Mm -hmm. They write like a couple songs for each of them, and then they're a score written by someone else yeah. that is also in the movies. So the interesting thing about this to me was that they had all those score bits that were not theirs on the audio track. But then anything that would have been scored by a Goblin song mm -hmm. wasn't in the audio track, and they just performed it live in yeah. front of us. It was really cool, because the yeah. band is on stage right there, like, surrounding the, the screen. Yeah, and I can't remember if it was before or after the movie, but then they also just, like, played some of, you know, Yeah, after the movie, they did, like, and... I don't know, like, 12 tracks from, yeah. you know, Phenomena, like, all kinds of it stuff. It was really awesome. It was great. Um, and I was like, oh, this is maybe a weird way to see the movie. I wonder if this will be, like, oddly distracting and make it hard to focus. But, like, I actually... Actually, was like, oh, this is kind of an amazing way to see a movie. I was super into it, and the other thing that it did was I felt like it kind of gave me an inside look into why Argento liked them so much yeah. and their music in his it's movies. So distinct. It's very distinct, and when you hear it really loud right in front of you, yeah, it becomes clear that they. He literally directs the sequences to be set to their music. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't seem like they come in later and go like, oh, you've directed this artful sequence mm. already. We'll put some music under it. It feels like they work in tandem with him to create almost like mini music video segments in mm. the middle of his movies. If you really pay attention to where their music is inserted in his movies, it's usually when there's no other dialogue. Mm. It is just a sequence scored to their music. It's awesome. Yeah. And it was like really cool to kind of like, being able to see it in front of us, it was like, oh, I, I actually more get this now than I do when I'm just like watching it at home, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, she's she's really fun in this particular role. She plays a like reporter. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's there's the series of killings that's going on, and like she and this other gentleman that she that like 
there was like a killing like that was kind of tied to him like his neighbor got killed or something it's well it's a weird thing she takes a picture of him mm-hmm. while he's investigating something he see- he like sees something happening in a building yeah. goes in she takes a picture of him that picture gets published and so the actual killer then comes after him yeah. because her picture was used in the paper in yeah. association with the story. So then she feels guilty. I, I just read the Wikipedia on this to remind myself. I have to apologize to the audience right now. I feel like in general, a lot of Giallo movies, I have trouble following and kind mm-hmm. of like remembering the details of. So I now have all this packed in my head from reading a bunch of Wikipedia today to remind myself. She feels guilty that her picture gets him targeted by the killer. So then she starts investigating the killer with him. So it's almost this like weird like detective story where yeah. she's like not really a detective but kind of becomes one de facto. I mean with that him. happens a lot. I feel like in these kind of movies yes. and just in so much stuff in general like just the, you know, you're like not really a detective but sure. Like yeah, you're yeah. you're investigating you're invested in this for some reason. Yes. Um but what I what I think is interesting about this movie too is like she is this kind of like hardcore go-getter like feminist character and then the man that she's working with who is like a a musician yeah um he's like kind of a big misogynist Uh, i remember that was like a big like aspect of the movie uh so i thought that was like like pretty interesting to see like in an argento film but like it's also weird that that's like such a major part of like the story itself yeah um one of uh, one of the things that I had read here, uh, so David Hemmings and Daria Nicolati rehearsed the arm wrestling scene over 70 times. So there's the scene where she's trying to like show that she's like as tough as him and they arm wrestle. It's a very strange scene. Yeah. Uh, but apparently it drove Dario Gento crazy because he hated to repeat things too many times. <laughs> and funny. so he just like was so angry that they spent so much time working on this arm wrestling That's scene. That's very funny. Well, that like kind of makes sense to me because like something I had read about him recently is that like you know there, there are certain shots in his movies that are like really crazy and complicated yeah and he will spend like weeks like setting them up and preparing so that like when he does it he gets the shot yeah you know what i mean he doesn't have to do it like three or four times yeah and so it it is interesting hearing a story where it's like upon having to repeat something a bunch of times, yeah. he like loses his mind. Well, yeah, and we'll talk about this, I think, too. But like, yeah. it seems like he wasn't like the greatest with actors, right. so it makes sense to me that like he's trying to do all this weird technical shit. But if it has something to this to do with just like the, the actors and the performance, like he's like, I don't want to fucking deal with this, yes. you know? Yeah, very much like a George Lucas type, as yes. as I understand George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then two years later. Uh, she is in Suspiria, which is, I would say, probably like the most well-known Argento film. For sure. Um, Especially in America, I think. Yeah, she. Um, one of the things she mentions was that, uh, so she's one of the writers, technically, on this movie. I think um, she's like credited on this one, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so she mentions having struggles getting her writing credits and preferred to, quote, donate her ideas to the Argento family. Yeah, we, we both watched an interview where she kind of chuckles about that and says, like, that's just how the business works, isn't it? We'd yeah. like to make money, but we can't always. Yeah, and so it's like, well, if I want to get my ideas in here, yeah. I guess I just have to forego getting paid, like, to be a writer which is like i was like oh man that sucks um and just kind of like knowing a little bit about like some of the issues around like sexism and misogyny in italy like kind of makes sense to me too totally um she has an uncredited role as the woman in the airport, um, which I don't even know if it actually makes the cut of the film because it says that um she 
would have appeared in the film and like more, but she had an unfortunate unfortunate injury um, that she was suffering from prior to shooting. That's interesting. Um, so she just like was, and she originally was the going to be the star of the film. Yeah, she wrote this for she, herself. Yeah, right? she wrote the role for herself. The role um, that uh, Jessica Harper ends up yes. playing. Um, but the studio insisted on an American actress because it was going to be distributed um, in the U.S. It sounded from her interview that we watched mm-hmm. like maybe our gen had some sort of deal with Fox set up. Yeah, and it sounded like Fox also didn't really like these movies very much, right. so they had some issues in general. Yeah. Um. But, so yeah, she ended up like, they were like, yeah, like it'll be more marketable if we have this like American yep. in the film. So she was like, it's all right. But like, we watched that interview with her and she was like so lovely talking about the women that had starring leads in these films and was like, Jessica Harper was amazing. I saw her in Phantom of the, at the Paradise yeah, and she Phantom was so Paradise. good and she was like perfect for this role. And so it was also like lovely to hear just how it nice was, she was about that. It was crazy. We watched this interview. You can find it on YouTube. It's it's called like Dario Nicolati on um, Inferno, I mm-hmm. think. It's like a 20-minute interview. And what's wild is she's talking about all this stuff that I would think I would talk about as like, boy, I was really slighted when they wouldn't give me credit yeah. on this. Boy, I was really slighted when they wouldn't yeah. let me be in this movie that I wrote. And instead, she's like all positivity. She's yeah. like, I didn't get to star in the movie that I wrote for mm-hmm. myself. But we got Jessica Harper, who's like an incredible actress yeah. and I thought was great for the part. I was like amazed at her kind of like grace through all of that. I was excited I could find at least one interview with her that had, because there was another one too, but it didn't have subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she was speaking Italian, so I didn't understand it. And so it was nice to find at least one because when we did like our Mako Kaji episode, that was yeah. the thing where I just couldn't find any interviews with yeah. her. And I feel like that does help me get somewhat of an impression of like who these people are. And she is like so lovely and yeah. warm. Yes. And she's like older too, so she's like reflecting on her past and and what all of this was like, and she's talking about her ex, uh, who was like a major part right. of her life too, and yep. she, like she's just so lovely and like soft and warm. And yeah, it was yeah, very nice. yeah, yeah. Even talking about Argento, who she had a long relationship with, yeah. but I don't think went entirely well. That she definitely even seems to indicate having some issues with when working with him. Mm-hmm. She mostly talks about him in a pretty lovely way, I would yeah. say. You know. Um, so some stuff that I thought was like pretty interesting. So she, she says that she wrote Suspiria, um, and the inspiration came from a tale that her grandmother, Yvonne, told her when she was a child, uh, after an experience she had in Northern Acting Academy, where she discovered the teachers were teaching art, but also black magic. She said, I was fond of this story of hers more than Pinocchio. And when I told it to Dario, it was natural for him to fall in love with it too. It was his first step for, from thrillers to fantasy alchemy movies and we did it together um and that's the thing like that does become like a pretty big staple in some of these films is these like magical elements where a lot of his other films are more like uh like mystery kind of thriller like serial killer stories and she is the person that adds these magical elements to it and this is considered the first of like the um i forget what they're called like the the three three mothers mothers, uh stories which we'll talk about the other two later Mm -hmm. um and so I love that, like, her huge contribution is adding this, like, weird occult stuff into yeah. Dario's movies. Yeah, she uh, referred to his other movies as assassin movies. Yes, I loved that. Uh, and she was like, yeah, I, I brought the magic to his movies. Yeah. And she even kind of indicates that, like, he maybe was not as interested in the magical elements mm-hmm. uh, of, of this stuff. Yes. But, like, you know, liked working with her, I think, and, and yeah. wanted to make this stuff with her. And then... 
frankly, I think his most kind of visually compelling movies are mm-hmm. the magical ones that yeah. he made with her, you know? Yeah. And the finale of Suspiria was apparently inspired by a dream that she had. In the dream, she said she had encountered an invisible witch. And mo- most bizarrely, there was a panther in the room with her that suddenly exploded. Whoa. The dream was w- written into the film, but it's a porcelain panther that explodes. Yeah. I mean, that finale is wild in that movie. Yeah. And Suspiria is the film that, like, kind of made Dario, um, like, more of an international, like, success, which is one of the reasons why I found that out from the interview, too, that Deep Red, when it's distributed in places like Japan, is distributed as Suspiria 2, which is a thing that we've noticed with with some of these specifically Italian movies getting these different names Mm -hmm. to fit into other, like, oh, yeah, it's definitely a part of, like, this franchise. Yeah, uh, apparently, like, Deep Red didn't really do well internationally. But then when Suspiria explodes internationally, the distributors are like, what else you got? And he's like, this movie two years ago that nobody cared about. And they're like, great, retitle it Suspiria 2, put it back out. Which, because when we went to the uh, screening of I have a shirt. Yeah, you had a shirt that said Suspiria 2 on it. And we were both like, that's really fucking weird because this has nothing to do with Suspiria. If anything, like it makes sense that one of the other films that's in the three mothers movies would be called Suspiria 2. But nope, it's this. And it's a movie that came before Before Suspiria. Suspiria. Um, They they didn't even call it Suspiria 2. They literally called it Suspiria Part 2. Yes. Which is insane. So weird. Yeah. Uh, And it's like people would. But just believe that and be like, yeah. sure, yeah, yeah, it's definitely that sequel. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, that she helps put him on the map. Yeah, uh, she absolutely. helps make him an international success, yeah. which like fucking by good getting for her. away from those goddamn assassin pictures. Those, those assassin pictures, yeah. which I I also like a great deal. Me too. Um, um, and I, by the way, I'm a big fan of uh, Suspiria. I, I yeah, this, I love Suspiria. This movie is you know a pop tart. This is kind yeah. of one of the OG pop tarts in yeah. my opinion. You've got a lot of that, like what we would now refer to as by lighting, a lot yeah. of pinks, purples, reds, yeah. blues, um, some really, really effective, crazy sequences. There's yeah. a very famous sequence at a window. There's a famous hanging. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's lots of good horror in this, but there's also just a lot of good, weird kind of, I don't know, like dramatic elements, right? Yeah. Like it, I, I just really like this yeah, movie. This is a great. very compelling, good movie. This was one I remember I had a lot of trouble hunting down when I was like becoming a horror fan. And this was a movie a lot of people watched. And I was like, fuck, I need to find this somehow. Yeah. Well, and, and I can't, I, I think I went to, I think this, I think the Exhumed screening I'm about to reference is one before we were together. Well, we went to that one where they played like four different giallos. Yes, was Suspiria one of them? Yeah, it was. Sus- no, actually, Suspiria was not one of them. Because um, I, I yeah. saw Suspiria, I think, at a Giallo f- okay. fest that they did. Yeah. They did like a like a five film Gialli yeah. screening. Yeah, we did a four. It was four films. Two of them were Argento, and two were other Italian directors. Right. Who I can't remember the names of right now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And so I've seen this on thirty five, and it's like yeah, this is cool. a fucking great theater experience. Yeah. It's really fucking cool. Yeah, and Argento was a person like uh, I, eventually I could find a lot of his films just on like Amazon Prime and stuff. Right. Like a lot of this like got really easy to find. So I these were movies like when I was single I used to just like chill in my apartment and watch alone all the time and I got really into specifically like Giallo because of Argento and like tore through his filmography yeah I mean anybody listening that is unfamiliar with this stuff or thinks they might be interested in it Mm -hmm. if you have either an Amazon Prime or a Shutter account 
a ton of this yeah. like pretty famous giallo stuff yeah. is just like available which i guess too like it might be helpful like because we haven't actually said like what is giallo because i know that oh, was sure, a thing that's right i remember like my dad one time was like you mentioned this all the time and i don't know what it is that's a um, good point yes so yeah like if you d- don't actually know what giallo is so giallo is like this they're usually italian films and it's mostly like the 70s and like maybe like mid to late mid like early to mid 80s mm-hmm. is like the the sweet spot that's for these like films the prime time for these um yeah. but yeah they're they're such an interesting combination of like horror um like erotic thrillers mm-hmm. and like uh like noir mysteries yeah it's um, usually like a thriller mystery that has a psychosexual killer yes. element to it yeah um and they're, they're called giallo because um that that word basically means yellow in italian mm-hmm. um they're they're sort of loosely based on these like crime novels that were very popular yes. in italy and they all had yellow covers mm-hmm. so they became known as gialli uh and um yeah they kind of started as literally more like crime yeah a- and then moved out of crime not out of crime but into like very specifically like kind of psychosexual crime and then and there are mythical elements to the, or mystical elements to them yeah, they too build into mysticism yeah. and they they're some of the features are like a black gloved killer that's kind of the most famous it's like thing pretty iconic yeah. and then yeah it's usually like uh knives or like razor blades yeah. or yeah. as like the murder weapons yeah. and yeah. stuff um yeah. usually like young college yeah. girls getting raped and murdered yeah. like that that kind of thing but yeah. i've been thinking a lot about these films as kind of like the the beginnings of like erotic thrillers yeah. like because that becomes such a big thing in the 90s in the u.s yep. and so this feel like a lot of elements of this feel like stuff we see later absolutely on right i think you can draw yeah. like a pretty direct trajectory from yeah. like one to the next yeah um, as well as like slasher films too oh like, these are 100 yeah. in my opinion the inspiration for slasher yeah. films it's like personally i've never heard john carpenter talk about these movies yeah. but i cannot imagine john carpenter makes his movies without seeing a bunch of these italian yeah. movies yeah. you know i totally agree yeah. and uh in that interview daria like mentions she mentions like, carpenter as carpenter like, and a couple other directors like oh these like were definitely like influenced by argento, Baba and, Baba and, argento and, and, and yeah yep yeah, yep um yes so uh she then goes on to do a film called shock which was directed by mario bava um which uh the film was released in the u.s as beyond the door 2 although it has no connection with the beyond the door film from 1974 another example of what we were just talking about and then there is a beyond the door 3 which comes out like I want to say like 15 years later. Yeah, like it's 90s? like 89 or yeah. something. And that also has that title, but is not actually not related actually the to the movie. second or the, no. the first movie. Um, and one thing that I noticed about this, which I thought was interesting, there's a pretty iconic um, poster for this film with like a girl, like her eyes, like looking through like a, um, a fence. Yeah. And I was like, man, that looks so familiar. Maybe I've just seen it before, but it's almost identical to one one of the early releases of a Shirley Jackson story, We've Always Lived in the Castle. Oh. It's almost the exact same picture. I posted it today when I posted yeah. about that book. Um, so it's interesting that it it doesn't have anything to do with that story, right. but it's interesting that there was also this like Shirley Jackson influence, and I love her, so I was like pretty stoked about that. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, but yeah, we watched this movie, and this was very strange and kind of disturbing in a I lot of ways really but i really liked it movie. yeah but i agree with you i mean i literally couldn't describe this way i reread the wikipedia today to try and remind myself yeah. like what are the plot elements of this and even reading the wikipedia i was like 
I, I don't even understand what I'm reading right now. Yeah, I mean, the film is like this woman, her new husband and child yeah. are moving to her old home that she lived in with her first husband, yes. who apparently uh, died suicide, by suicide. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then it seems like as soon as she moves into the house, like it starts like being haunted. But it also feel like it starts to feel like her son is being possessed by her former husband, yes. which is that, very creepy. There's that incredible <laughs> scene where she walks into a room that her son is in and he just looks up at her and apropos of nothing goes, mommy. I have to kill you now. Yeah. It's this movie. That is, kid is fucking terrifying. Yeah, this movie is genuinely unnerving in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's a lot of weird kind of supernatural stuff. There's like yeah. an armoire that attacks her multiple times yeah. and is genuinely very scary. I mean, there's also like this incestual thing too, where yes. like, because he's like possessed potentially, he like steals her underwear. That's right. Yes. He like just watches her sleep and it looks like he's like maybe trying to touch her. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> it's very, very weird. Yes. But, um, and then of course, like most geologists, movies all of that gets proven to be like sort of true but not really like there's there's something else much well, like more there, sinister there going on there is like a secret going yes. on yep. but yes this kid is still being kind of influenced by these dark oh, forces for sure for sure yes but um, there's still like more sinister secrets that we don't yeah, know about yeah. her and her past which always and, happens yeah, yep. um but one thing i also love about this movie is that she plays this character that like immediately like moves into this house and knows that something is wrong knows yep. that there's something wrong with her yep. son knows that there's something wrong with the house yep. it's like very much this film about like that women's intuition and and knowing that and then her being gaslit by her husband that is never fucking around because he's yep. a pilot but he's like you're crazy like you're just like stressed because your husband died and you're still fucked up over it like there's nothing actually going on there's nothing wrong with your son who I'm barely there to see, so how do I know? Yeah, but, I mean, uh, no spoilers, but that's how you get put in a wall, motherfucker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, the, I, I also love that. Like, I'm, I started a list on Letterbox that was like, movies where the woman knows something is wrong and everyone is gaslighting her into thinking that she's just fucking crazy. Yeah, and yeah. that is definitely one of these movies. Yeah, and um, the other interesting element of this movie that I, I assume is something that rings for you is, um, you know, they, they talk a little bit about Whatever happened with her husband when he yeah. commits suicide, she ended up being institutionalized as mm -hmm. a result of the trauma, and they gave her electroshock therapy there, which she is still experiencing residual trauma from. I believe that's why it's called shock. Which, like, God, anytime I even, like, hear electroshock yeah. therapy, I, like, I, shudder. I knew that was one like, of the things ugh. that you had done, like, a lot of research on, so I assumed that was, like, one of the elements of this movie that, like, must have attracted you to it in some way. Yes. Fun fact, they did not treat women well in the mental <laughs> yeah, health field. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I liked Shock. I did not know, actually, I see your note here that this was Mario Bava's last film, or the last film that he made. Yes, um, and, uh, uh, because I his son ended up uh being like a not a co-director but like a he he worked pretty closely with his father on this okay, um okay. lumberto bava yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. yeah but then then he did uh eventually pass away yeah yeah uh yeah I'm, like bava's a big favorite of mine and just in recent years has been like a growing favorite of mine so yes, it was like really too. fun to watch this one and find out that like this is a filmmaker's last film, and I thought it fucking like rocked. You yeah, know it was I mean? really like, good. It's not like my favorite Giallo I've seen, but it is pretty fucking good. Yeah, there's some more of his films that I want us to potentially watch together. Yeah. Um, 
1978, she does a film, a TV film called Aspatero, which translates to I'll Wait. All right. Uh, and then in 1979, she does a TV movie, which translates to Three Hours After the Wedding. Okay. <laughs> um, and then we get to her career in the 80s. Um, she does a TV show called Verity, which was a miniseries, which she had a recurring role in. And then in 1980, does another Argento film called Inferno, which is the second in the Three Mothers trilogy. Um and I just had to write one of the taglines for this movie I found, which I thought was amazing. A freighting journey through the macabre corridors of hell. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a movie that uh, I straight up fully slept through when we saw it on the big screen. I know. I remember the opening nine minutes when a woman is getting trapped in like a well yeah. or something. Yeah, and Opera re- and Inferno are the two movies that yes, we saw right. at that Giallo Fest. Yeah. Uh, I remember that opening very distinctly because yes. it was beautiful. It's got tons of beautiful colors. Yeah. And I really regret that I did not see the rest of this movie. I did not get to catch up with it before this episode. But. I've seen it a couple times so yeah. I uh, remember a decent amount and then I saw, uh, spoiler alert, Daria uh, Argento dies in this or Daria Nicolati dies in this film uh, and has like a pretty epic death so I did watch that scene today also. Is it with the cats? Yeah, the cats attack her Yeah, and then I she gets her that. head stuck by the killer in between like a glass pane and a window and he just like uses it to like cut oh, her head shit. off. Okay, wow, it's cool. Very disturbing. Cool. She's got a cool, a couple cool deaths. I sort of remember the cat thing. Yes, yeah. Because yeah, uh, she's legitimately the star of Inferno. Yeah, well, kind of. Uh, Inferno is a weird movie okay. where it like does this thing where it follows certain characters for a while, and you think they're like the main okay, character, okay. and then it kills them off. Okay, interesting. So it's, so but she yeah, is she, a main character in the movie. She is a main character. There is this like kind of like very boring man that's kind of at the center of it. So his sister is the one that's at the beginning yep. with that beautiful scene. Yep. And she writes him being like, I'm doing all this research on the three mothers. I think something's really wrong with the place that I live. Um, and it and this is the film that actually gives you the mythology and connects Suspiria to it with, because right. uh, the a Academy in Suspiria is run by witches. And then this apartment complex that these folks live in, they realize is this building that was also supposedly like the house of one of these witches. And so they have these like distinct places that they're in. And every single one of them is like this evil entity that is like drawing like evil into this space mm-hmm. um so it's really interesting it gives you like all of this mythology at the very beginning which i remember the first time i saw this movie i like looked up if any of this was real because right. i was like oh this is fascinating i'm but so it's, into it's this it's all just like uh nicolati right it's like her yeah, just it's, kind of it, yeah. not fully inventing a fantasy i know some of this is based again on her grandmother's stories yeah. and stuff but yeah, it's but, like uh, it's like her inventing a mythology of like witchcraft, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, it's it, this it's a lot of fun. This isn't like one of my favorites, but there's so much beautiful imagery in it. You're right. Yeah. Like there's this this scene where this person like you think that they've just found like a puddle right. and that their keys have fallen into, but it's actually kind of this like underwater like. Uh, cavern it's like an abyss it just seems to go on forever yeah but then there's like furniture down there and jewels so it also it like looks like a shipwreck just underneath this building right um and it has those like bi colors like we talked about with the reds and the blues and purples and it's just gorgeous looking yeah um 
and that's I mean that's just such a distinct thing with Argento films with these like really beautiful and like distinct um, set pieces. That yeah, he, has. he I, um, in her interview she mentions that at some point you know uh, Italian critics loved him so much they were calling him like the Italian Hitchcock. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. And, and you can see that in his work. I think. Yeah. Um, he, he's a very meticulous filmmaker um, mm-hmm. that that does these sort of bravado things with the camera and mm-hmm. the technical aspects of the movie. But he's also willing to get like pretty wild. Like he'll really go yeah. overboard sometimes in ways that are like very entertaining. Yes. Um, yeah. What's interesting to me is that she is not credited as writing this movie, even though it yes. seems like she wrote this just as much as she wrote Suspiria, right? Yeah. Like she said, like there's like a she. She's like, oh yeah. Eventually, I was just like, I donated ideas right. as opposed to yeah. actually, you know, being. A writer on it. She just ultimately decided not to struggle to get the credit on this one. Which, like, again, she speaks so, like, oh, yeah, like, this is just how it was. And I would be like, no, fuck that. Fuck him. Like, you deserve all this credit. Uh, But, yeah, alas. Um, So, actually, uh, Mario Bava assisted with the making of the special effects on this film. Yeah. um, Including, like, some of those, like, distinct, like, death scenes. Um, Yeah, there's a particular mirror shot towards the end of this movie that um, I'm sure if you've seen it, you know what we mean. That uh, apparently Bava had a hand in helping with. And she mentioned that he does uh, some of the matte paintings. Uh, There's apparently a particularly famous New York York. skyline Mm -hmm. uh, that he did the matte painting for. And uh, I saw some screenshots oven is particularly beautiful yeah um yeah he worked uncredited because daria asked him to and he loved her and she's in the in this interview we watched says i must admit i loved mario bava more than daria argento (laughs) uh and i was like well he like that's a person you were actually with but it's hilarious to hear you actually say that but she she also says that like dario had the sadistic way with actors and mario bava she mentions like in contrast like was this person that could get a lot out of the people he was working with while also being like very kind, kind. and gentle yes. um yeah there's you hear all these stories right about like um i think fincher is a guy that does take after take after take after take yeah. and and the claims that directors like that will make and i'm not going to put a value judgment on this one way or the other but it's just like oh that's when you start actually getting real good performances out of people once you've kind of broken them down or whatever there's definitely a history uh, hitchcock is one of them definitely a history of like Actors having or directors having somewhat mm-hmm. abusive relationships with their actors. Yes. And plenty of actors like Daria will refer to it as like, yeah, they're kind of like antagonistic mm-hmm. and that's how they get the work, you know? Yeah. But I, Daria was very careful to point out that like, but I also worked with directors that were able to get that yeah, same like, work without having maybe to you do didn't that. Need to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is interesting because she worked with uh, Argento in so many different capacities. Yep. He was like her partner. They had a child together. Yep. She wrote with him. Yep. She acted for she him. She seemed to clearly enjoy him yeah. and working with him. Yeah. Despite being able to also criticize him, I yes. think, in the way that he worked, you know. Which is also crazy because she's gorgeous and he has a terrible bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um let me just see my notes. I've had anything else. Uh, so, yeah, I do have a note about the writing. So, according to co-writer and star Dario Nicolati, she didn't fight for the writing credit on this film as she had an ordeal just getting writing credit on Suspiria. Um, according to Nicolati, the, plot, the basic plot of Inferno was her creation. Reportedly, Argento wrote the screenplay working from Nicolati's original story notes while staying in a room in a New York hotel um, situated with an aerial view in the city's Grand Central Park. Oh, which makes sense because I think that ends up figuring into the movie itself, yes. right? Yeah. 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 Um, 
so yes, I that I am glad that I found that. So yes, she she was just not fighting for it, but yeah, it this sense. was her story again. Yeah, and you know, um it's not like this is the end of her working with him or anything, no. but I do wonder if maybe at this point in their relationship she was just like, Yeah, it's gonna be easier not to fight with him about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um in nineteen eighty one she does a film uh, called Il Minstron, a comedy drama. Uh Rome, nineteen sixty. Four different people meet each other at the Olympic Games. They follow games and become friends, talking about their sad lives. <laughs> oh, great. Way to sell me on your movie. <laughs> Uh, she then does a film, a TV movie called Rosaro Alley 10. And then in 1982, she does Tenabre. Uh, one of my personal yes. baby faves. I, I really love Tenabre a lot. Um, and this one Another is, Dario Argento movie. is a Dario Argento movie. And I do have a note here that um, uh, she didn't want to do Tenabre because she did not write it. Uh, I, was, I was ready to do the... Th- third mother movie back then but Dario wanted to do uh, more like his slasher giallo films or his, his, his assassin, assassin movies. films yes, as he says. wanted to do I think basically he felt like he found which is weird because again Suspiria I think mm-hmm. is the most famous movie he yes. made but from the way she described it he seemed to think he found most of his success with the assassin stuff. Yes. And so was not as excited to get back to the three mothers yes. stuff. Although she had this whole like trilogy planned yes. based on like each movie being based on one of these mothers. Yep. Um, and so she was ready to do it in the eighties and uh, we'll talk about it later, but that film does, doesn't get made until the two thousands. Yeah. It, it takes like 20 years for it's wild. Them to make that movie. Uh, yes. So very interesting. Yeah. But, um, but yes, I do. I do love Tenabre. I think it's admirably weird. There's so much stuff I forget about this movie. I know we talked a little bit about it too in a former episode because John Saxon is in this movie. Yes. Um, he's got a really great hat that he's obsessed with. I did not remember that Saxon is actually a relatively like small role in this movie until yeah. we rewatched it this week. Yeah, he has a very goofy scene where he wants to prove how well his hat fits on his head. Yes. So he rolls his head around his shoulders a bunch. I loved it. It's so silly. Um, yeah, and he's like playing like a sleazy kind of like a... He's an agent? Yeah, he's like a, the agent of the writer. So it's this, it's about this like novelist Author, yeah. who... Um, wrote a book called Tenabre. Wrote right? a book called Tenabre. And now there are all of these uh, killings in Italy based on the book. They're like stuffing pages of it into like yeah. their victims' mouths and stuff. <laughs> and then like... Am I wrong that like the book itself describes certain murders that then the murders kind of mimic? Like, yeah, so right? they're like, yeah they're taking like a lot from the book because yeah. Um, yeah, it is like a mystery book, and he's criticized at the beginning for it being like this. Like, the, this one reporter is like, "Do you hate women? Because like you're yeah. doing like these horrific things to women in your book." Yeah. Um, and that is what like the killer is doing. Also, all of the for the most part, all of the victims like are women that are being pretty brutalized. And, yeah, yeah, there's an interesting thing going on in this movie where it at times feels like Argento is trying to make a movie that is specifically trying to refute criticisms of his other movies but then the movie is also about like yeah but also the guy is doing the violent weird shit that you're accusing me of like putting in my movie you know what I mean it's like it's a very weird thing that's going on here but but I think the movie itself is like so effective it's got like so many good scary scenes this is one of my favorite uh, Claudio Simonetti scores. Mm-hmm. I really like the music in yeah. this one. 
Uh, it's got some of Argento's biggest, craziest camera moves. Yeah. Um, and and Daria has like a really nice role in this one. Like, despite her saying she didn't want to do this, yeah. I think that she's like very good in this movie and is playing like like a very like strong character in this movie. Yeah, she's like this. She's like the assistant to the writer. Right. Um, but they have like a really good relationship, and she's like you know you just see her kind of like being on top of everything and taking care of things. Yeah. It's very much like a. I don't know, like that seems right to me where it's like, yes, a woman has to get this job supporting a man yep. and then is just like catering to his every whim. And you can see why she would be like not interested yeah. in that, right? Like why yeah. she's like, why would we make this movie? I really yeah. want to do the fucking Three Mothers thing. Yeah, and she's done, I mean, she's played so many different types of characters, yeah. which I really like. Um, so it is interesting to see her like oscillate between like she plays these more villainous characters or these more like feminist characters to like playing these other ones where she's kind of just like this, these supporting roles um so i but i love that like it it does feel like all of her characters are pretty distinct and she is just kind of this like um i don't know this like warm calming presence in the film like she she like doesn't seem to have anything to hide uh you know she's just kind of there to like be supportive for everyone there and it is kind of nice like this isn't one of the movies i would recommend if i'm like hey you need to see some daria nicolati movies you know i wouldn't recommend watching Mm -hmm. this movie for her necessarily her role's like not like that beefy in it or anything but I just think this movie fucking rips. Like, this yeah. is a killer movie. Yeah, it's it's really great. Um, it is also so interesting. There's, like, I feel like a thing with Giallo movies where it doesn't feel like there's usually a focus on, like, the authorities right. being, like, the main people investigating. It's usually, like, these creative characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Deep Red has the musician that's investigating yep. the murders. Mm-hmm. This is... Essentially, this is a writer investigating the murders yeah. because he is essentially trying to prove his innocence in yeah. the case. I think yeah. you have like artists and some. It's yeah. just like really, yeah, I find that like a very interesting part of it too. Sometimes there were like more academic types yep. that are doing it. Yeah. And they just become like de facto detectives in, yeah. in Argento's world. Yeah. I find that very interesting. Um, and then in 1985, she does another Argento film. She does Phenomena, uh, Phenomena. which uh, stars uh, a very young Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly, who she also speaks like so loving and warm about. Yep. She's just like, oh, she's so wonderful. Yep. Um, and Daria ha- plays like a fucking wild character Yo, in this. Okay. She starts off. What I love about this too is she does start off as the side character, kind of supporting part, yep. and then has like a fucking flip. Uh, towards the end yeah i mean like a thing to kind of know about these giallo movies is that they are often whodunit mysteries yes and they often do a good job of kind of presenting a plethora of like small characters that could either be victims or villains Mm -hmm. depending on how the story shakes out yeah and uh, Daria gets to wonderfully sort of yeah. play one of the characters that you think could develop into something yeah. and then does. Yeah. Um, and it's also interesting because this kind of goes back to being another one that has some mystical kind of elements yep. to it. Like the Jennifer Connelly's character has this like kind of, uh, we're I think supposed to kind of be led this like psychic connection with animals and insects she and things. She essentially has ESP with bugs. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Um, and Donald Pleasance is in this movie. Oh, yeah, right. And he is a pet gorilla, not gorilla, uh, chimpanzee. Like chimp, yeah. Uh, it's very, yeah, very he interesting. he plays like an entomologist or something? Yes, yeah, so like they bond over that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he basically recognizes that like, oh, he's basically who tells her like, I think you have like a psychic power yeah. where you can like attract bugs yes. to you and communicate with them. Yeah. Um, and, and his chimpanzee figures 
incredibly yeah. into the finale of the movie. Uh, Wild. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe we don't want to spoil it for people necessarily. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, it, just... It is, like, the thing to talk about with the movie is, like, the final frames of the movie are, like, pure insanity. Like, the way that they kill the the baddie yes. in this movie, yes. the, the main bad person, is fucking wild yes. and something I've, like, never seen anything like before. No. Uh, yeah, it, um, it is truly wild. And I have to say, this is not one of my favorite Argentos. I think that I just, this one is, like, yeah. a little confusing and the wheels seem to be like they're falling off yeah. at any given moment. But and there's something yet, that's so weird about it that I'm, like, really into. And yet, one of the best Goblin scores. Yeah, it's hands great down. music. And it has that epic finale. I mean, that finale is truly insane. It is batshit in a way. If you watch any of these Giallo movies we're recommending, you're going to think they're batshit. The ending of this movie is batshit in a way that cannot even be compared to most of them. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Truly insane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not like crazy about Phenomena, but I think Phenomena is one of the easiest yeah. movies to recommend in this list. It's also interesting because Jennifer Conley's character is going to this boarding school yeah. because her father is this famous Italian director yes. who is off like making stuff. Yeah. And so it's interesting where it feels like it is a story about like Asia. Yeah, uh, right. Where maybe it's like a story of Dario feeling guilty about the work that he does and not being able to be involved yeah. with his daughter it's like unclear yeah. exactly what the motivation for that is but yeah that is an interesting aspect of this yeah um yeah very weird movie but but man daria is awesome in this movie yes. her yeah the way that she plays up things in the finale is like she gets to fucking work in this it's yeah. really fun uh, she then does a film called uh, Macaroni. A uh, businessman from the United States returns to Italy for the first time in four decades, only to discover that old friends have involved him in a massive hoax. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Uh, in 1987, she was in the film Delirium, which was directed by Lamberto Bava, who is Mario Bava's son. Mm. Uh, this one I would love to watch at some point. Yeah, um, never, I actually am not even familiar with this one. Uh, Grandi is running a, su- a successful men's magazine until an obsessed admirer starts slaughtering her models and sending her pictures of their disfigured bodies. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'm definitely into that. Yes. That actually sounds weirdly similar to Mario Bava's movie that I love so much, Blood and Black Lace. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so very interested in finding this movie. Uh, and then she does uh, another Argento film. She does opera. Uh, and so Dario Nicolati originally did not want to play the role of Mira. Um, so Mira is like the agent for the lead opera singer that's yeah. uh the focus of this like psycho killer yeah exactly yes um, exactly the, he's obsessed with her and yeah it has a, like phantom of the opera vibes kind yeah. of yeah it, it's about a young opera singer that like gets given this great opportunity she's the understudy for a woman that gets yes. injured and so she gets this great opportunity to star in a show and of course there's someone obsessed with her that basically needs her dead yes um and yeah um daria plays like her assistant her agent her, her agent yeah, or something yeah. Yeah. yeah uh she felt the character was thinly written and in addition she had ended her long-term relationship with daria argento two years earlier so they were no longer together okay. at this point okay uh what finally convinced her to take the role was the fact that she loved mira's elaborate and shocking death scene hell yes uh she would later say that filming her death scene was tremendously scary as it required her to have a small amount of experience explosives placed on the back of her head yeah that okay yes because the shot is the 
There is a great scene in this movie yeah. where the killer is outside the door of the opera singer's like apartment. Yes. And, Mir- and they think it might be the police. And so they answer the door. Well, M- Mira is there. Mm-hmm. The knock comes on the door literally while they're already in the middle of panicking about this yes. situation. So Daria goes to the door, looks through the peephole, and through the peephole is a man claiming to be a police officer yeah. and keeps showing off an ID saying, no, no, I'm a police officer. Mm-hmm. And she thinks she actually recognizes the face on the ID, and it makes her not more comfortable. It's not that she recognizes, oh, you are a cop. It's that she recognizes, you definitely aren't. And so then the guy pulls a gun out and yeah. shows her the gun and says, like, look, I'm a police officer. This is a police-issued gun. And she keeps being like, no, I don't think you are. And then he just points the gun directly into the peephole, pulls the trigger, and there's this incredible shot from kind yeah. of like inside the peephole yeah. where we watch the bullet travel through it. And then you get this incredible shot, a very wide shot from yeah. deep inside the apartment where you see the bullet literally come out the back of her head mm. and then hit the phone that the opera singer is currently on. It's fucking wild. I don't even yeah. actually know how he fully set that up and made that work because yeah. it's like a really wild series of shots. But I love that she was like, okay, I'm down for it. Yep. I'm getting a cool death. And and the only way to do the like blood exploding out of the back of her head is to do a squib. And squibs are just little explosives that, yeah. that blood packets explode out of. So they must have squibbed the back of her head. Yeah, sounds horrifying. It sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she gets a great death in it. She doesn't like, you know, her character doesn't actually get to do She's much. She's not in the movie that much. Um, but, uh, this is probably one of my favorite Argentos. Oh, this might be my favorite yeah, Argento it's, movie. it's definitely up there. It is truly operatic. It lives yeah. up to its title. And they're doing, I think they're even doing Macbeth or they something. Yeah, uh, it is. So it's yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun where it's just like, there's already this whole thing where Macbeth is this unlucky, like, play yep. for people to do. Bad things always happen. Yep. And there's a serial killer involved. Uh, they also do more fun animal stuff. They're, I think they're crows or ravens. I can't remember. Crows or ravens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some kind of blackbird that they is very like threatening. They use them in part of their investigation yep. for the murderer. Yep. And it's incredible. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. This movie also has the weirdest soundtrack of all time where it has some goblin stuff, but then also has like straight up heavy metal throughout it. Yeah. Um, that is used actually to like great effect in probably might actually be. As much as Suspiria is like his most famous movie, and I think there's very mm-hmm. famous images from it, the most famous image from any Argento movie might be the eyeball with the pin it's with with the pins horrifying. on it. Yeah, because yeah, that's like the poster on this. I think, or like a lot of the posters. You yeah, see that it's image. like this crazy torture device that this guy sets up where he just. I don't even know how to describe it, but he tapes a bunch of needles to someone's eyelid, so she can't so close that she her can't eyes. close her eyes. If yeah. she did, she would stab herself in the eye. Yeah. It's, fucking gnarly. And so she has to watch like him murder these people yeah, she cares yeah. about and stuff. Yeah, and he gets these like incredible close-up shots where you're like, I don't know how you did this because that straight up looks like needles taped over an eyeball. Yeah, it's very wild yeah. uh, and so creative. I've yeah. never really seen no, no, anything no. like that. This is a that. very like inventive movie. Yeah. I think it's why it's my favorite of his. It's just... There is some, I don't know how to describe this, but there's some precedence for every other movie he made. Yeah. There, to me, there's like no precedence for what opera is, you know? Yes, I agree. Uh, so then in 1989, she does Sinbad of the Seven Seas, uh, which was directed by Luigi Cosi, who did Contamination, which is a knockoff alien film we love, yes. as well as a terrible version of Godzilla we saw. Yeah, he re-edited the 1954 Godzilla and yeah. colorized some of it and added some actual footage from the aftermath of Hiroshima and Nagasaki into it. Yeah. It is 
for one, boring. it's boring, <laughs> which is an insane thing to say about one of the great monster movies. Yeah. But also like weirdly horrifying and I don't know if necessarily in the ways that it's intended to be. Yeah, I mean, it's like almost exploitative yeah, in yeah, a way yeah, of yeah, like yeah. how horrifying yeah. the war it, was. It is, without a doubt, yeah. in my opinion, the world's biggest Godzilla fan, the worst Godzilla movie anybody ever made. Yes. Um, and then she works with him again in the same year. Uh, she does a film called Paganini Horror, uh, which she is also credited uh, as the co-writer on the script, which I love. I love that, uh, too, especially because... It does have some creepy, like, spooky elements it, to it. Definitely. I, I've i only seen a few cozy movies. We just yeah. referenced them, but this is, without a doubt, the best one. So yeah. it, it makes sense to me that she contributed to writing it. Yeah, it's about this, like, girl band that is trying to, like, you know, write their next big hit and they come across this music that is written by uh, Paganini, Paganini, who is like an actual historical figure yeah. uh, and was rumored to have sold his soul to the devil because he was a um, violinist? violinist, I think. I think violinist. Um, and he was so good. And a lot of people actually think it's due to like he had not like a deformity, but he had these like really long arms and like some other like physical attributes that made him so good at Interesting. it. But there are these rumors that he sold his soul to the devil and like did all this crazy black magic and stuff. And so it's like essentially this whole movie built around rumors of a historical figure, yeah. which I think is fascinating. Yeah. But yeah, they like go to this house where he even wrote some former music and like kind of summon him back from the dead. Right. it seems like and he is like you know trying to kill them and collect their souls he's got a great weapon in it yep he's got a violin that has just a knife attached yep. to the end kind of a cool mask a very cool yeah i really liked the way the mask looked i liked the setting of this was really great yep. there's like a lot of cool visuals of this movie really good songs the girl band is like cool yeah. and has some cool tunes and daria nicolati is a character who you're kind of like she like owns the building that right. they're staying in and she's kind of just on the sidelines but it also seems like cozy realizes like she's done some very cool characters in the past and so he's like there is a reason you hire daria nicolati yes. and to be in your movie we did spend a lot of yeah. this movie being like man uh, like this is cool, but like, how, why is she interested yeah. in this? And then you're like, well, oh, okay, I get it. And they they give her some really fun stuff yeah. to do, uh, and she she's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked this movie a lot. I did too. I, I so thought this fun. was super fun. And this is not one that I hear about that often. Paganini Horror was not a title I was like totally familiar with going into it. No. Um, I, and I have to say, I actually think Cozy is a really good, interesting director. As much as I hate that fucking Godzilla movie, between this and Contamination, I am interested to see more Cozy movies. Yes, I agree. Um, she then does a film called Il Gieco uh, from Lamberto Baba, hmm. uh, which sounds cool. I would like to find this. It's about a young woman with a troubled past who takes on a teaching assignment at a mysterious school. She comes to believe her predecessor was murdered by her pupils oh. and that they plan to do the same thing to her. That is a cool premise. Sounds like weird school cult yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm into real that. Real into it. We like those Babas. Uh, yes. Um, and so then we get to our films in the 90s. So the early 90s saw Nicolotti strongly active on the theatrical front while the cinematog cinematograph... Uh, this is a fucking dumb word that was put in here. <laughs> yeah. Cinematograph? Cinematographic? Yeah. I so like she don't just, even know how to pronounce She that. just wasn't in films yes. that much in yep. the 90s is essentially what that is trying to say. Um, she did some TV. She was the narrator in S Saban's Adventures of the Little Mermaid, which was a Japanese and French cartoon series oh that uh saban uh saban is the company that made the power rangers for the oh, united states interesting yep. okay 
Um, and then in 1991, she was in a film called The Sect, which was written by Argento. Oh. Um, she has a s- small role in this one. Uh, a lonely kindergarten teacher discovers a secret well in the basement of her house and soon finds herself to be followed by a murderous satanic cult. Okay. I mean, I'm not not into that. Yeah. yeah. I guess this is from that period when Argento was more like producing a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah. You, you end up seeing his name on a ton of stuff that he didn't actually direct. Like yeah. when you watch Demons, you. Right. see his name right. what's the other one the church the is another church, one yeah. where his name is in big where it's letters like they're, they're either written or produced by him yeah, he but they're not actually directed a by him amount of yeah. stuff. Yep. Um, in 1993, she does a film called La Fin a Note, called the, uh, which is translates to The End is Known. A young lawyer returns home to discover that a man has committed suicide jumping through a window of his house. His wife, Maria, says that she let the unknown man enter because he said he was a lawyer and the only one who could help him. Uh, Bernardo starts to investigate about the man and about the reasons for his suicide. Weird, so it's a movie about a suicide. Yeah, very strange. That plot description was just like, a guy kills himself, and then we investigate the guy killing himself because a guy killed himself. We get it. Uh, in 1998, uh, she's in a film called Viola Kisses Everybody, which stars Asia Argento. Oh, that's cool. She got to be in a movie with her daughter. She was in a couple movies with her daughter. That's very cool. Um, it's about three friends who leave for a trip by a camper, but their vacation is turned upside down by Viola, a girl who has just come from a robbery in a jewelry store. Okay. Um, and then she does a film called Notes of Love, which is a romantic comedy. Um, and then in the 2000s, she does a film called Scarlet Diva, which was written, directed, and starred Asia Argento. Oh. Um, and Nicola- Nicolati plays her mother in this. Okay. Um, it's about a young Italian actress who embarks on a self-destructive spree of sex, drugs, and other ex. ex- excess while doing some soul searching to find a path for redemption okay um and i actually think this is like somewhat like available too um so it was one i was like kind of interested in maybe watching yeah and Um, i mean i guess not to put this on asia argento i don't know much about her but it sounds like it's potentially a little bit like autobiographic and interesting she got a mother to star in it with her then yeah i feel like maybe she's not the best of people i believe she came to uh marilyn manson's defense uh recently uh which isn't super great uh but i do i haven't seen her in much so I am kind of interested. Um, Ro- she then does a film called Rosa El Cornelia, which was a drama about a Venetian countess pregnant with an illegitimate child who befriends her also pregnant servant girl, and they almost become more than friends, but her family, infuriated over her scandalous pregnancy, has a plan for her and the baby. Sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then in 2007, uh, she was in Mother of Tears, directed by Dario Argento, starring Asia Argento and Udo Kier. Cool. Uh, and this is the third of the Three Mothers films. This is technically the end of the Three Mothers trilogy. Yes. I have not seen this. Me neither. Uh, I would like to, even though I have heard uh, nothing but bad things. Agreed. I have heard that this is one of Argento's worst movies. Yes. And even to hear Daria talk about it. Although, you, you might have notes about this. So uh, Yes, I, I did write a couple notes. So first, it's about an uh, an American art student in Rome accidentally triggers the return of Mate Lake Maram, uh, the surviving member of the Three Mothers, and must use her newfound magical powers to end the witch's campaign of evil and death. Um, so as early as 1984, Daria Nicolotti um, asserted in an interview with Fangoria um, that they had finished the script for the third film, but there was a few things that we still were working on uh, to perfect the project, a couple of special effects, locations, that sort of thing. So then it never comes to be. Mm-hmm. Um 
Although Nicolotti mentions her version of the script again in an interview for Alan Jones's book, Profondo Argento, The Man, the Myth, the Magic, um, it was not used in whole or part for uh, Mother of Tears. Um, and that is what she talks about in this interview we watched. Um, so it's not the original ending she intending. Um, she said it has a lot to do with like churches and priests and religion. And she has this quote from her interview where she's like, why do you need churches and priests when you have like magic and mysticism yeah. and stuff and i was like yes i agree with that wholeheartedly yeah. um and then she just keeps saying um like the story is not dead it is yet to be told so she's very vocal about the fact that like this is not the movie i wanted in to make in her opinion this is not the end of the three mothers yes. trilogy because this is not what this is not the end that yes. she wrote for the three mothers she trilogy. didn't write it it doesn't seem like they used any of right. these her like original ideas that she had she wasn't asked to write right. in this one and she, she was seems given most upset that it basically jumps yeah. into catholicism as opposed yes. to sticking with like witchcraft yeah um you know, she has like a pretty small role. She plays H. Argento's mother uh, in this one as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... And so it's interesting that like Dario does direct this and gets her to come back and play Asia's mother yes. in it, which is a you know a nice fun kind of familial connection thing. Yeah. But it's like it's interesting to me that she even again, it's like if I were her, I would be like, fuck no, you're making the yeah. third movie without me yeah. and I, you're not even using my material? No, yeah. I'm not going to be in it. But I also love how earnest and honest she is yeah. when she talks about these things because it's like, these things do suck yeah. and she's very kind about it, but she also acknowledges like, I did not like that movie. Yeah, 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 that yeah. is yeah. not my movie. Yeah. She's like, the story I had in mind has not been done and I'm like, I'm like glad I'm hearing those things because those are things that like as a movie fan and as a fan of like that particular series of films like I do want to know about yeah um and learning that she was a writer on the first two even though she may not have been credited for both yeah. of them um and like hearing that like maybe this sucked so much because one they didn't do it like back in like the, the right. 80s right. like maybe they probably should have and also because they didn't use her initial story mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so, yeah, so it I mean, is this, interesting this ends up being basically the end of Dario Argento's career too yeah not like this movie ended his career but this is the end of his career like he doesn't do much after this movie yes yeah so um yeah i i find all of that very interesting yeah. i think it's still like to to see it but uh me too i yeah. you know i definitely am curious about it um so then uh she does two episodes of two italian uh television shows but that's like most of like her her work on screen um and in the years to come, Nicolati is a guest of various film, theatrical, and music festivals and reviews. So she ends up just doing like kind of like the circuits, it sounds yeah. like, as opposed to uh, being on, on screen much. Um, so in total, she has uh, six writing credits. Um, one of them is for a fan a pandemic 50 fans celebrate 50 years of cinema hmm. um she has a writing credit for the 2018 suspiria um right because she like created because the characters. the characters yeah uh the black hat uh but it was uncredited um, right the one that uh luigi cozy directed yes because uh, there are like three or four black yeah, there's hats a bunch of those. even around that, that time yeah. yep um then she also did the screen play for Paganini Horror, uh, uncredited for Inferno, and wrote the screenplay for Suspiria. Yeah. Um, so uh, Daria Nicolati died November 26, 2020. Um, I was very saddened to hear about her passing. Yeah. Uh, she was 70 years old. She died in Rome. 
Um, in 2010, on the occasion of the opening night of the XXS uh, Fanta Festival in Rome, she was awarded a well-deserved Lifetime Achievement Award in the presence of Roger Corman in a packed cinema, That's which is cool. pretty cool. Yeah. I like liked hearing that yeah. she was, uh, you know, recognized for how much she has done because um, I think she is is beloved by the uh, the genre fans. I was gonna say I think the to my knowledge the horror community really rallies around yeah. her as kind of like you know maybe the genius creative force behind a lot of the yeah. like great giallo works yeah are... i mean this is a great example of like behind every successful yeah. man there is like a, yeah. a woman like and and yeah i mean for dario it seems like a lot of his success is due to the fact that he had this like really amazing creative force that was yeah. his partner he had a um, talented partner yeah she yeah. seems so cool i yeah. like her so much um so yeah, uh, for sources, there is like a darianicolati.net uh, that you can go on and they have like some really nice like um, just information about her and clips and a biography, um, lifeinitaly.com and I also use deadline.com for some information. Awesome. Yeah, and we, like I said, we found that one interview on YouTube that I think is like worth uh, people yeah. seeking out. We'll maybe throw a link to that up uh, on our Twitter yeah, page. Yeah, it's like 19 minutes long, but um, I feel like that 19 minutes gave me a lot more insight yeah. into this person that I found very interesting. And like, you know, I was kind of like tired at work today, but it like revitalized me to do yeah, the yeah. podcast tonight, which yeah. was fun too. Yeah, uh, this was a very fun episode for me. I mean, yeah. I just like watching these old Italian movies. Me too. I have really grown to like. I mean, I, I like spaghetti westerns. I like the Polizitecha or whatever that's called. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I've grown to just like really like Italian cinema, yeah. especially of this era, like 70s, 80s. Yeah. Um, but uh, in particular, I mean, Jello movies are kind of like one of the early, like, this is a lot of what got me into deeper genre stuff. Yeah. That's how I went from just like, I like slasher movies to like, I think I'm just like really yeah. into like a lot of just like horror movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Argento was kind of like a gateway for me to like yeah. look into kind of more of these like harder to find yeah. films and, and yeah, like being like, Oh, I do like Italian horror. I yeah. do like a lot of this like weirder stuff that I feel like generally I don't hear about from a lot of people. Like when we talk to our, like, you know, film fans like yeah, our yeah. genre fans i sound dumb because i don't even know half the films they're still talking about right, i feel right. like but yeah it's like still stuff where i'm like oh cool like these are things that i like don't hear that much about and i'm like glad that yeah. uh, i've gotten more into them yeah that and so like for anybody listening i mean this episode is on daria nicolati and we would highly recommend you seek out any of these movies we've yeah. talked about but i would just recommend that you know if you're on your streaming services like Take a look at what they have in, in the world of like Italian cinema because yeah. there's a ton of it out there. Prime has a ton of it. It's yeah, wild. I think it's like just like very available yeah. for like streaming services to pick up and put on their yeah. sites. So Shutter like, also has a great collection yeah. of it too. Yeah. yeah. It's really worth seeking out and looking at. I, I think yeah. it's, it's, and I think if you've never seen any of it, it's really unique. It, it's yeah. probably unlike stuff that you're familiar with. So it, I agree. it's worth seeking out. Yeah. Um, Anything else we need to present people with other than some plugs? Don't think so. People can find us everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. It's Killer BS Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, at Gmail. Um, and um, find us on moviejohn.com. Take a look at the Movie John Patreon. Mm -hmm. uh, we already have a lot of like unique, interesting stuff up on the Patreon. Um, yeah. Our buddy Ryan has a podcast up on there. Rosalie has been putting out these like weekly movie picks. Like, yeah, that's there's a, a lot of cool stuff up there yeah. if people want to subscribe. At first, low is like five bucks a month. So yeah. And we uh, we have more plans for cool stuff. Yeah, there's to lots of stuff coming uh, through yeah. that Patreon, so we highly recommend people yeah. check that out. Yeah, join us. Um, and uh, you know, you can find me everywhere on the internet at Phil Philadelphia. That's with an F. Check out my Letterboxed. 
yeah. pretty much it. You can find me, Tori Potenza, on most things. On my personal Instagram account, I've been posting like some uh, book and movie pairings, mostly like horror and genre stuff, as well as like some. Uh, I've just kind of been like collecting stills from a lot of these movies we really like, and uh, several of them are from some of these like giallos that we've been really into too. So um, I'm yeah. trying to just like learn more and like preserve a little bit and like talk about some of these films that like maybe like a lot of my friends and haven't heard of and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have a couple reviews that are coming up this week too. Um, so, uh, like I'll have one for, uh, Till Death, which is the new Megan Fox movie oh, that's shit. out. Yeah. People should totally check yeah, out Till really Death. Fun. We yeah. really liked Till Death. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. Buzz, buzz. buzz.